it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Presents the pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwu Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 5.13 of the pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesley. In our last episode, we heard about some of the challenges in fully living into your role in the course of a long basketball season. Today, We'll hear about the joy a team can have when everyone fully understands who they are and unconsciously fills that role. In the first half, Coach Osborne will interview Michael Thompson, Billy Harness, Trevor Harrell, and Jonathan Panzu about some of the fun moments in this season when everyone was fully bought in. In the second half, Coach Tonegal will join to talk about the growing unity of the team that he saw as players became unconscious in their roles. I'm joined now by Trevor Harrell, Michael Thompson, Jonathan Panzu, and Billy Harness. And guys, listeners have heard about just the theme of this past season was unconscious, and we were trying to grow in what that means. And we've obviously defined that as being free of self. And I think each of you guys had kind of your own individual journey of what it meant and what it looked like to grow in your role of being unconscious and ultimately just the role that you had on the team this past year. Michael Thompson, I'm going to start with you. What was that journey for you like this past season as you were able to fully embrace just buy in and grow and, and being unconscious in your role a lot of it was really just getting out of my own head and uh making sure that i redefine my ideal of success from or success from things that i do on the court to more of an overall team success i kind of got in my head a little bit and started focusing more on team success and less on my own success and i mean we had a pretty successful season last year so if we're defining fun by team success i had a blast last year definitely one of my favorite years to play and harold for you you're a guy uh who's really been a star in your role every single year and i'm sure that's come with its challenges its ups and its downs um but how are you able to just be unconscious in your role uh throughout the course of your career and in particular this past season yeah so going into this year i i pretty much knew what my role was going to be uh and that was to be a a leader for not only the team but especially for the scout squad um and i didn't want like my desire to or my desire for personal success to outweigh the team for uh for outweigh the desire for the team success um and i just went in every day trying to prepare uh the starters and and those kind of guys as best as i could and that was by emulating the other team's point guards um and so i know i knew my role wasn't going to show up in the box score the next day or anything like that but I knew it would play a role into the team success and overall wins. Uh, and that's just what kept me going day in and day out. You also got this reputation for, for being a coach, you know, a player coach. Like you not only were, were on this team, but you were also a coach in a lot of ways. What was that like? Yeah, that was different. It was kind of a uh, weird thing to be called coach by some of, the, some of my fellow teammates. Like MT always called me Coach Harrell or Coach Trev, and that was just really weird. But uh yeah, it was it was fun though because I got to kind of see things from a different perspective, um, and I, I think that it just sort of came from like the run in 2018 where we played five teams in six days and we hadn't seen most of the team those teams at all, and so I just kind of took it upon myself to memorize every player that played and um, all the plays or, or sets that they 
had typically run. And uh, I just remember sitting in the hotel hotel room with Kane in that year and just like studying and trying to memorize everything that we could to be prepared for the next game. Um, and so I kind of just kept that trend going. And um, I remember a lot of times in my career where uh, a new guy would check in and some guys would like look at me, who, who, some guys who were on the, on the court playing at the time would look towards me and be like, Hey, like, who is this person? Like, what do they do? Like, and so I would just like try to help them out. And, uh, the first person was to do that was Evan Maxwell. And it was just, <laughs> it was just a funny thing that he, he would like, even if he knew like the player coming in, he would still look towards me and just kind of laugh. And, and it was just a funny inside joke that we had. And speaking of funny moments that you had, uh, go back to this past season. What was one of those moments that you just look back and say, man, this brought me a ton of joy. Yeah. The first one that comes to mind was, uh, at Huntington. Um, <laughs> I think you guys all know what I'm talking about, but, uh, you know, we all know that Billy is just the king of lucky. And when he scores, it seems as if the building is going to come crashing down because it gets so loud. Um, and so when Billy uh, hit that three in transition against Huntington, I think like that brought me just so much joy just because he knows or we all know that he um, just has a, a great heart and seeing some, someone succeed in a game like that, it just it brings me a lot of joy. You just mentioned Billy, and, and Jonathan, you and Billy have gotten to be really close over your, your time here at Iwoo together. Um, what was it that just allowed you and Billy's friendship to just kind of go to another level? Yeah, so it all started like my freshman year, uh, year 2018. Um, my freshman year was a really tough year for me emotionally and mentally, as um, like a lot of the years are. Um, but Billy at the time was a manager, um, and had absolutely no idea who I was, no idea. I mean, like he didn't know me that well. Um, but his discernment was able to understand how down I was on myself and how, um, how bad of a mental state that I was actually in. And, um, Billy just being the guy that he is just reached out to me and just like literally showed me the love of Christ, the love that I needed at that time. Um, and then it's just never been the same ever since. Billy, want to jump to you real quick. You came in, as Jonathan said, as a manager, but you did, you did want to be a part of the, the basketball team, and you were pretty honest about it, and we were pretty honest with you, and we didn't know if that was something that was ever going to happen. Um, but you continue to be a part of the program. Um, as you look back on your time, what was it that, that drew you to be a part of the program uh, and what was it like when you finally got the news that you were going to be able to, to suit up and be a part of the team? Yeah, honestly, it's, uh, it's been kind of surreal. Um, <laughs> as I look back, um, a lot of people don't even know, but uh, when I first got to Iwu, um, I had no intentions of playing basketball whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I actually really wanted to play football here. And uh, <laughs> my freshman year, I actually tried out for the football team when they were still trying to get guys going. Um, and I tried out for wide receiver and had a workout with them. And things just didn't work out with that because I was still fresh off of um, ACL surgery. So a lot of people don't even know. I, I had no intentions of playing basketball here whatsoever. <laughs> but, um, man, just after that didn't, that didn't work out with the football team, um, I just wanted to be part of the basketball team. I, you know, I kind of knew about it in high school. And, and knew how great it was, not only the play, but just the, the whole dynamic of I am third. Um, and just something drew me to it, and I just wanted to be part of it any way possible. Um, and so I just came to the coaches. I came to you guys and, 
And um, I was just willing to be a part of any way possible. I really wanted to play, um, but if that meant being a manager first and, and for a couple of years, and then um, I was just ready to be a part of it in any way possible. So, yeah, it just really drew me to it, and, and uh, <laughs> it's been a blessing ever since. And Michael Thompson, I'm going to shift to you. I think we all have a, a Billy Harness story, um, but I think you've got one in particular uh, when it just came to, to you and some playing time and you made a decision. Can you just give the listeners uh, some insight as to what happened and what led you to, to, to make this decision? Yeah, so we were playing at Huntington, and uh, at this point we had had the game in the bag. You know, starters were pulled and guys were getting – uh, we were pulling guys off the bench. And I remember Billy was one of our last guys to check in. And it was during a free throw, and Billy pointed at T. Trev that uh, Trevor was going to be getting pulled. And me and Trevor, neither one of us were really blowing up the stat sheet in any kind of way. But, I mean, he's a senior, and we love seeing him go to work. So um, I made the executive decision that I would rather get pulled than Trevor and let Trevor – Trevor enjoy his moment and so I told Billy to come sub me out instead and uh I think that was the right decision because I'm pretty sure Trevor ended up getting Billy two threes I think and that's just kind of been a common theme with you Trevor Harrell uh if I'm being honest there's times when you checked in the game and I just wanted to see you go go get your own shot or, or get a bucket for yourself but that just wasn't what you did you constantly look to to facilitate and get other guys involved and you mentioned the Huntington game and the shot that Billy hit but maybe just to describe the reaction after he hit that shot. Someone got hurt, I think, on Huntington, like, you know, was laying down, and then I, I realized it was Billy's man, that he was wide open. Um, so I just uh, pushed the ball ahead, and he, with no, like, no second thought, no hesitation, he just pulled that thing. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it went in, and uh, there's a picture. Um, I forget who took it, but someone took a picture, and it's, it's Billy's follow-through. And you can see in the background of that picture, the entire bench is like standing up and like just eagerly waiting to see if it went in or not. And um, and on film, if you watch it, the whole bench just went crazy. And, you know, I think we had a lot of students there because it's not that far of a drive. And, you know, they were going nuts. The, the parents and the crowd were going nuts. And I think some of the Huntington crowd were, were just like so like, you know, confused as to why we were celebrating that three when, you know, the game had been decided for a while. And. It's just because that's what that's the effect that Billy has, and you just love seeing someone like that uh, just get his moment and just make the most of it. And you saying that, I remember the announcer actually said uh, something along the lines like, "Hey, if this guy gets a shot to go in, like this place is going to go nuts." And the the fact that they're, <laughs> the opposing commentator is saying that tells you, you know, Billy's made an impact far beyond uh, just our team. But but Jonathan, what's it like for you to watch somebody that's invested in you poured into you? Um, and you've poured back into to, to Billy. What's it like watching uh, a friend, a teammate, a brother have success on the court like like we saw Billy have uh, in some of these moments this past season? Man, it's absolutely amazing. Um, it brings so much joy to my heart because I know how hard he works um, and how passionate um, he is about the sport and, and everything that he does. In practice, he goes 130 miles per hour um, and just gives it all he has um, and is super invested in the program. Um, and he's a leader um, outside outside of the court, on campus, serving and loving well. So it just means so much. It means so much to me to be able to um, just him to be my friend and to see him have the success um, at the end of games was amazing. And speaking of end of games, Billy, you're notorious for 
a chant for your name come the end of the game. What was it like the first time that you heard that? And uh, what was it like just stepping on the floor and, and, and making an impact as the season progressed? Yeah, honestly, uh, the first time I heard it, it was, it was just really cool. Um, I, I kind of, I mean, some of my buddies were telling me before the game that they were going to do it. Um, so I was kind of expecting it maybe for one game, but I definitely wasn't expecting it for a few other games after that. Um, so it was really cool to hear that. And it was actually funny, like when I was sitting at the end of the bench uh, after that first game, um, Colin Barker, <laughs> he was uh, sitting next to me. And, and when they started chanting uh, my name, I was like, I, I was trying to stay focused. You know, I wasn't trying to smile or laugh or anything. <laughs> and uh, Colin kept on like nudging me and nudging my <laughs> knee and my shoulder. And he was like, come on, Billy, like you can smile a little bit. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was really fun. Um, and I, yeah, I just couldn't be more thankful for all my friends and classmates and just everybody in the community for showing me that love. Um, you know, I grew up right outside of South Bend. I, I grew up a big Notre Dame football fan. So kind of, um, I, I always loved the movie Rudy and, uh, you know, I always loved, you know, chanting Rudy, um, for walk-ons and, and stuff like that. So I always loved that story. So to actually hear, hear my name chanted, I mean, it was pretty surreal. Um, but you know, it was, it was pretty cool. Cause, uh, you know, I, in the movie, you know, Rudy, you know, they say, they say he's like five foot, nothing, a hundred, nothing, you know, I'm six, four, 200, you know, I, I kind of wanted to show people I can play a little bit, not just a little Rudy out there, Sure. <laughs> but, um, but no, it was just surreal. And, and yeah, I just want to thank like these guys here and the podcast, like Jonathan, uh, Trevor and, and Michael Thompson, just the way they always loved me and, and, uh, tried to get me some points when I was always trying to get them a bucket and, and I wanted to see them succeed cause they're all, they're all so talented. Um, and just so smart with their basketball IQ like they could have easily been scoring those points um but the fact that they chose to try and get the ball to me at the end of those games and and um and, and even Luke Stevens too I know he was always trying to get me one and and Tanner Rubio he even subbed himself out like that just really meant a lot to me and and uh just shows how how great of teammates these guys are and and uh how great of guys they they really are but yeah and as we wrap up here, I just want to give a couple of you guys the opportunity to share from your vantage point just the importance of roles within a team. Find joy in your role because it takes every single wheel to make a train go. It's not just one individual person ever. I would just add on to that. Um, whatever role that you have, you know, everybody wants to be Kyle Mangus and go out and score 40 a game. Everybody wants to be a star. Um, but a lot of the times it's the guys behind the scenes that are pushing those guys to be the best that they can be. Um, and like MT said, like every team needs guys who are willing to sacrifice, um, their own desires for their own success. And I think if you just buy in to your role and stick to it and keep working hard, uh, you'll find more joy in knowing that you gave everything you had and you didn't hold anything back than, you would if you were just to give up and, um, you know, be selfish and only care about your own desires. But yeah, I would just say keep working hard and um, push through it. And in the end, you can look back and say that you gave everything you had and you didn't hold anything back. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, 
who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by Coach Tonigal. And Coach, in last episode, uh, we started the conversation about just some of the growing discontentment in the locker room and how guys were really becoming conscious of their role. And now we're shifting because we did see a shift down the stretch of the season. What do you remember about that time and how we turned that corner? Well, I remember, um, I guess, being a little bit surprised when we found out uh, how many guys were, were, were discontent at the moment with their role. But at the same time, like, not surprised because – in some ways, that that's a picture of life. You go, you go through different seasons, and there's certain assignments given to us that we don't agree with, and, and we don't like. And but that doesn't, uh, you know, keep you from the responsibility that you have. You, you still have to faithfully work through some of those things. And so, uh, I think a lot of side conversations were happening. I remember my office being fairly busy that week with guys popping in and saying, "Hey, look, that this is where I'm at." and and I didn't disagree with them, but what, what I challenged them, you know, was to see the, the big perspective and to surrender to that role and, and really spiritually surrender. Because that's in, in one hand, you're not just going to accept a lesser role for the sake of a lesser role. But if you can see the bigger picture, how is God uh, calling you to, to walk deeper and closer with him to this? I think you got a chance to surrender and walk into the, the path that he's laid before you. And really, there, there's not a surprise looking back that we went through this because so often you, you get a vision from the Lord for a season and you're not there at the beginning of the year. So the year we grew in fearlessness the most, we had to go through a lot of fears. Well, here we're, we have this vision to, to be free of self and be unconscious. So naturally, there's going to be a season where we have to grow, where we focus on ourselves too much. So in the midst of that, you see the end of the year, we want to become unconscious and you're seeing this consciousness develop What's the hope you're finding as a leader as you push toward that vision? Well, at, you know, to your point, um, I think the enemy is going to attack you in the areas that uh, he's most threatened by. And as God was calling us to become more unconscious, more spirit-led, uh, he was obviously bringing into the picture a lot of doubts and questions about uh, our guys' roles, a lot of inward focus. And But as we begin to talk about those, I mean, the, the only way to, to deal with uh, sin in your life is to address it head on. Like you, you can't play with it. It's a it's a dangerous thing. And and I think we've we have an environment. We had a team where it was safe, where guys could express their concerns and their doubts without being judged or criticized, and we could work through those. And that's what happened. I mean, one by one, we just had these conversations about roles. We challenged guys. We encouraged guys, and then we begin to see the momentum build. In the first half, we heard from some of the guys on what we call the white squad. And, and these can be the guys where it's the hardest to be free of yourself and buy into your role because some of them feel like they have a justifiable reason to have more playing time, but they're still act, asked to live fully into their role. And, and we talk about this game at Huntington where uh, guys just really died to themselves 
and we had a special thing happening on the court. Uh, what do you remember about that night? Uh, what's it like when things come together like that? What else would you say about those guys? Well, we exploded that night. We, you know, we pushed over the 100 mark on the road. But there were a lot of neat things that were happening. Uh, you know, I think it was Michael Thompson who had been, you know, searching for more playing time. And, and during this had asked for more playing time, subbing himself out because he wanted, I think it was Trevor Harrell, to get more playing time. And, and to me, that was a picture of what does it mean to be unconscious? You're, you're free from yourself. You're thinking about other people. There's a picture of that game of, of Billy Harness where everybody's going, the bench is just erupting because he, he made a shot. You know, there's that idea of celebrating the success of others is, is, a, is a fun way to play basketball. And there was just all those little, I guess, uh, examples and opportunities where guys got their minds off themselves and put it onto their teammates. Well, Billy's a really interesting uh, point in this because he became a crowd favorite. And at home games, they would be chanting his name. Uh, the bleachers would be jumping up and down. And when he would score, people would go crazy. And Trevor Harrell, on, on one hand, could have been jealous of this because this was his time where he's getting in playing time. But he'd go into those games and he'd do everything he could to get Billy a shot. Uh, and he really took it upon himself not to compete with Billy, but rather to try to set him up for success. Yeah, it was fun. that was fun watching. And, and the world may not attribute to those guys uh, the amount of success or recognition but man within our program Billy's a hero Billy's an all-american and, and we're going to lift those guys up and if you can get over what the world thinks about you then you can go on to do big things and you can do big things in the kingdom and, and that's that upside down nature that we talk about that the kingdom is about we're entering this part of the season on the podcast where we really do become unconscious earlier in the year we heard about averaging 60 uh, seven points in our first two conference games. In our last 10 games, we averaged over 100 points, which is a stretch we've never had in our program. How did you see unconsciousness coming to life on the court? Well, it was just explosive uh, offense, probably the, the biggest factor. It wasn't just making shots. I think people misunderstand that when you score 100 points, they think, man, you just must have been on fire. Well, you got to create good shots. You got to move the ball. You got to think unselfishly. And there's just a synergy that happens when guys are thinking unselfishly and, and encouraging their teammates. The ball zips. Uh, everybody gets to touch it. It's really fun. There's a lot of energy in the building. And I think during that stress, we were striking a lot of fear in our opponents. What's it like if you're a leader, you have a vision, you, uh, you go through the ups and downs of a season, but then you see it come to life and you see God really doing a new and a unique thing. What are you processing and feeling in that moment? Well, it, it's, it's a reminder again that, that spiritual growth is, is often not the quick fix. It doesn't happen overnight. But when you sow seeds, um, eventually you're going you're gonna to reap what you sow. And so we've been sowing those seeds of trying to be unconscious, being faithful, and God was faithful to water. Uh, we were cultivating, you know, this throughout the year. And all of a sudden, we start to see this growth and this momentum. And that was the true, uh, I guess, gift of the season was, man, we started to get rolling. And we started to see um, just the vision flourish, what was set out at the beginning of the year. So much had gone into that. And to see it start to grow and bud, it's pretty exciting. On the next episode, you'll hear about the individual growth of players throughout the course of the season as they pursued progress and movement rather than perfection. In the first half, you'll hear from several players about the growth they experienced as the team began its final push in February. In the second half, 
Coach Tonegal will share about why he loves to coach and what he considers his coaching paycheck. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask iWoo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.